announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Roger, we'll go. It's as good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. Welcome to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. The other white meat, baby. Santa Man hung like planet Pluto, hard to see with the naked eye. If I crashed into Uranus, I would stick it with a sun doll shine. Kind of like Kind of like Han Solo, baby. You can call me cooking. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. Hey, 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 come on in, have a seat, settle down, calm down, take it easy, take off your pants. What? You heard me. Take off your pants. Sam uh, the Schleckin. When I was a kid, my father used to say to us when we were in bed, get upstairs and take off your pants. I know it sounds uh, funny now, but it was a scary thing to hear, let me tell you. It meant you was going to get a whooping. You know, it's funny. I grew up, of course, as you know, getting a regular whooping from several different people. Both my parents, the nanny, the three older brothers. And as I grew up, 
you would always hear from time to time, like somebody on TV would go, oh, he's going to get a whooping, you know, or something like, like comedic or, you know, a comedian would talk about when I was a kid, if you was nasty to my mama, you would get a severe whooping. They'd, she would whip your ass and then like everybody would laugh. And I would think to myself, now where's, <laughs> where's the fucking humor in that? That's not funny. I got to tell you, I didn't think that shit was funny. Hey, welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. Meanwhile, I know one's special. No big deal. No one important. Just your old pal, the Jester. Coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. It's February the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2008. It's that special secret day, that extra leap year day, that wedged in freaky day. So for, just for that, we got a freaky-ass show for you. Uh, plus, we're going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours. We're going to play all your favorite shit. And we're talking Hendrix, Tull, Jefferson Airplane, Dylan, Moody Blues, Allman Brothers. And we got some Jester trivia going for you there. Coming up. And we're going to talk about what we're doing in the back room. It's so exciting. When I tell you the excitement, I'm getting a shift. I'm getting, you know how, like, right after you take a pee, you got a... What was that? I guess I shivered too much. But that's the way I'm getting about the uh, what's hot, what's coming up in the back room. You'll be so excited. Uh, 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with your old pal. Don't be shy. Phone it in, 646-502-8600, or Skype in. Uh, Skype name is Jester Radio, AOL Instant Messenger, us, at Jester Radio 1, ICQ, 1928-0767, and there's a bunch of other ways to get in touch. So stop by the Jester Radio chat room and learn about them from uh, the folks in there. And you can always email me directly at uh, the jester at jesterradio.com. Always have that going. That's my personal private email. It goes directly to me. Dolly doesn't see it. Bob doesn't see it. Nobody sees it but moi. And I didn't just kiss you there. I was just saying me in French. Moi. Got my tea. Antioxidants be damned. And what else? Yeah, we got a bunch of things we're going to talk about. Hopefully, we got a bunch of um, um, uh, some guest interviews coming up, which I think you'll dig a lot. Some some, some folks uh, that uh, you know, and some folks maybe you don't know, and uh, we can turn you on to. That's always the most fun. Um, so we got all that uh, coming up to talk about, and what's going on in that sick fucking world of mine. I got to tell you. Uh, <laughs> like the third maybe fourth uh, good day in a row not sure what's up with that um but i'm i got no uh you know i feel like that um that song uh by loud and wainwright slept through the night got through to the dawn <laughs> flipped the switch and the light went on it's just sort of incredible but and yet here i am one more fucking day despite everything and uh, not so bad, you know. These are the days you wonder what all the fuss was about. <laughs> and 
And I got to tell you, not everything is going great. They, you know, uh, uh, um, the economy is in the fucking toilet. Our, uh, you know, choices for political leaders goes, you know, ever further, uh, gets worse and worse. Still no hide nor hair from the Jeff on uh, any of that shit that we brought up last week. Sort of everything just kind of died. So there's really nothing to celebrate about. And yet, further proof that it's all fucking just chemicals and electrons firing and flowing around in your noodle. Very little to do with what actually is happening in the world. Or it does actually have everything to do, but not what we think it does. It's completely different. You know what I'm talking about. Time now to turn our attention to the headlines from high atop Jester Radio Studios. Boom, boom, zee-boo-doo-bee. In a secret location. And inside you. Zanap, banap. That's it. That's the whole song. We don't have any more. Attorney General Michael Mukasey today refused to refer the House contempt citations against two of President Bush's top aides to a federal grand jury. We talked about this uh, yesterday. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, announced that she had uh, given the Judiciary Committee authority to file a lawsuit against uh, Bolton and Myers, the um, chief of staff and former presidential counsel, um, to a, a federal court. The House shall do so promptly, she said in a statement. Mukasey and Bolton uh, said that uh, Bolton and Myers were right in ignoring the subpoenas to provide Congress and White House documents or testify about the findings of federal prosecutors. The department will not bring congressional contempt citations before a grand jury or take any other action to prosecute Mr. Bolton or Ms. Myers, Mukasey wrote uh, back to Pelosi. Pelosi shot back that the aides can expect a lawsuit. The American people demand that we uphold the law, Pelosi said. As public officials, we take an oath to uphold the Constitution and protect our system of checks and balances, and our civil lawsuit seeks to do just that. How do you like that? So file a civil lawsuit, one branch of the government to another. The suit has a political purpose, too. Democrats have urged that the filing occur swiftly so that a judge might rule before the November elections when all 435 House seats and a third of the Senate are up for grabs. Criticism of Bush's use of executive power is a key tenet of the Democrats' platform for the presidential race. The House voted two weeks ago to cite Bolton and Myers for contempt of Congress and seek a grand jury investigation. Most Republicans boycotted the vote which is a nice way of not showing up for the vote, meaning they're not going to vote no either. Pelosi requested the grand jury investigation yesterday and gave McKenzie a week to reply, uh, to reply. She said the House would file a civil suit seeking enforcement of the contempt citations if federal prosecutors declined to seek misdemeanor charges against Bolton and Myers. The plaintiffs would be the entire Judiciary Committee who would be represented by the House's lawyers, according to AIDS. So the Judiciary Committee is going to sue the fucking, uh, these two people uh, directly. How fucking awesome is that? I always lo love it, man, when politicians start stirring shit up. I mean, I know she's got her political reasons for doing it. 
but it's the it's the right thing to do, and um, you know p- p- politics or not, and uh, this it's it's something you know to watch on C-SPAN besides those fucking stupid pollution hearings. Authorities today confirmed that the deadly toxin ricin was found in a motel room most recently occupied by a man who's been in critical condition with breathing problems at a hospital for more than two weeks. This guy goes into the hospital in Las Vegas, says, I fucking can't breathe. They send over, you know, like in house, they send over an investigation team to his motel room and they find ricin. Las Vegas police said there was no apparent link to terrorist activity. No indication of any spread of the deadly substance beyond the several vials of powder found in a plastic bag in the man's room uh, yesterday. But what the ricin was doing there has remained a mystery. A pinprick of ricin, by the way, is enough to kill. Six to eight hours, you're going to start showing symptoms, said Greg Evans, director of the Institute for Biosecurity at St. Louis University in Missouri. A friend or relative of the sick man found the vials after going to the extended Stay America Motel several blocks west of the Las Vegas Strip to retrieve his belongings. Tests by police homeland security officers, the Nevada Council Guard, uh, and a laboratory in Vegas came back with positive for ricin. A cleanup of, mo- of the motel room has been completed, she said. Seven people, including the man who found the ricin, the manager, uh, two other motel employees, and three police officers were decontaminated at the scene and taken to hospitals for examination, but none have shown any signs of being affected. There's no infection, no information to lead us to believe that there's a result of any terrorist activity or related to any possible terrorist activity. Uh, we don't have any reason to believe any of it uh, left the property. So that's a pretty hinky statement because right away you ask yourself, well, then how did it get there? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't grown there in the motel room, right? Somebody brought it in. So what the fuck? So uh, this guy, uh, Sui, the police spokesman, said the manufacture of ricin is a crime, but it wasn't clear uh, that the substance found belonged to the guy who was hospitalized uh, back uh, on February 14th, still in critical condition, after summoning an ambulance to the motel and complaining of respiratory distress. The man, believed to be in his 40s or 50s, was unconscious and unable to speak, uh, adding that he's not currently a suspect. We don't, have an, we don't know an awful lot about him. We don't even know that it was him that was in possession of the ricin, um, said this uh, suey person. Uh, she said she could not say how much ricin was in the vials. So they don't know shit. We're going to stay on top of this. Ricin was found in the motel room, and that's scary shit because you don't want anybody to get their hands on that, especially not anybody that's lost a lot in a casino recently. Least of all. John McCain is refusing to renounce the endorsement of a prominent Texas televangelist who Democrats say peddles anti-Catholic and uh, other intolerant speech. This is an interesting, you know, dilemma. What do you do when a guy steps forward and say, I I endorse you? Do you go, no, you don't? Don't do me any favors? Well, you may want to distance yourself. You may not want to appear on stage with the guy. You may not want to say you're proud and humbled to be endorsed by him. Instead, the Republican presidential candidate issued a statement today saying that he had unspecified disagreements with the San Antonio megachurch leader, John Hagee. Hagee endorsed him at a news conference today, or rather on Wednesday in San Antonio. However, no way did I intend for his endorsement to suggest that I in turn agree 
with all of Pastor Hagee's views, which I obviously do not. Obviously. His uh, campaign issued the statement after two days of criticism from the Democratic National Committee, the Catholic League, and the Catholics United Democrats quoted Hagee as saying, the Catholic Church conspired with Nazis against the Jews, which is a fact. <laughs> I mean, there's no disputing that. And, the, and that Hurricane Katrina was God's retribution for homo sin. And that, that they recited his demeaning comments about women, flip remarks about slavery. Hagee's hate speech has no place in public discourse. And McCain's uh, embrace of this figure's rather serious questions about John McCain's character and his willingness to do anything to win, said Tom McMahon, executive director of the Democratic National Committee. Big surprise there. Why do, they, why do we even interview the other side? We know what they're going to say. McCain was pressed on the issue uh, this morning in Round Rock, Texas. Hagee supports what I stand for and believe in, McCain said. When he endorses me, that does not mean that I endorse everything that he stands for and believes in, McCain said. I don't have to agree with everyone who endorses my campaign. He added that he was proud of Hagee's spiritual leadership of his congregation at the 17,000-member Cornerstone Church. The Catholic League and Catholics United called on McCain to reject the endorsement. Didn't know you could do that. No thanks. By publicly addressing the issue, you will reaffirm the American public uh, and the Catholics uh, that intolerance and bigotry have no place in American presidential campaigns, says uh, Chris Corzin, executive director of Catholics United. By the way, don't piss off the Catholics. Man, there's such a fuckload of them. I don't know how many, but there's got to be got to be a million. McCain's response to the two days of criticism, they're like hot's cake. Uh, his response to two days of criticism stood in contrast to his rapid denunciation of a radio talk show host who denigrated Barack Obama, repeatedly calling him Barack Hussein Obama, calling him hack, Chicago-style politician. McCain immediately apologized and said he repudiated the statements of the guy, Bill Cunningham, uh, who was warming up a Cincinnati crowd for McCain on Tuesday. Any comment that's disparaging of either Senator Clinton or Senator Obama it's totally inappropriate, McCain said. There you go. I got nothing to do with it. These politicians, man, you know what they get? They get their cake, and then they eat it. Because they get to have their fucking support group, their, uh, their, their little slimy fucking campaign people, uh, you know, say all this disgusting shit about the other guy, and then, you know... The candidate comes forward and goes, no, that's just that. We do not approve of, we're absolutely outraged. How dare, please forgive my, uh, they're very enthusiastic and, uh, but of course the damage is already done. <laughs> Fucking people said, it's like these push polls, you know, these are polls. They sound like they're independent polls, but they're actually polls coming from candidates to just call and piss people off about the other guy. Hi, uh, just doing an independent poll here. What's your reaction to, uh, you know, Tom Smith being a homo? What? You didn't know he's a homo? All right, then. My job is done here. Have a nice day. They call those push polls. Hey, you're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this uh, Friday, February the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2008. I was uh, busted flat in Baton Rouge waiting for a train, feeling just about uh, as faded as my jeans. Bobby thumbed a diesel down and just before it rained. Janice on JR, please don't fuck with that dial. 
for a train And I was feeling near as faded as my jeans Bobby thumbed a diesel down Just before it rained And rode us all the way into New Orleans I pulled my harpoon Out of my dirty red bandana I was playing soft while Bobby sang the blues Windshield wipers slapping time I was holding Bobby's hand in mine We sang every song that driver knew Another word for nothing left to lose Nothing, I mean nothing, honey, if it ain't free
Holy fuck. The late, great Janice on Jester Radio, me and Bobby McGee. A song written by a completely other person, a guy, and she just took fucking ownership of it. Just took it away from Chris. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown this Friday, February the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Back in 1976, I fell in love with a chick named Betsy one night. Um, on July 4th, 1976, we had met each other once or twice before. She was the neighbor and ex, like best friend, not ex, but like childhood best friend of a good friend of mine. And I had sort of met her a couple of times, and, you know, we kind of hit it off. But this was the night that everybody in the crowd went out to uh, Eisenhower Park out on Long Island and watched the fireworks for the 4th of July, the, the bicentennial. And then afterwards, we all went out to Mary McManus's house uh, in Port Jefferson, which was out in the middle of nowhere on Long Island, and just this gorgeous, we hung out all night and let a bonfire on the beach and... I don't even know what we did. Played guitar and hung out. You know, in those days, that was the thing to do. In fact, I remember that night more vividly um, than I do, you know, sometimes uh, yesterday. And on the way back in the car, we stopped at Jack in the Box. And sitting in the car, eating the Jack in the Box, I was sitting in the front seat next to Betsy, in between Betsy and Mary. And we were sort of like kind of holding hands the whole night, but like, you know, sort of kind of secretly if you will. And um, she was just finishing up her Jack in the Box and the song comes on the radio, um, me and Bobby McGee, and she was singing along with it. And when it got to that scatting part at the end, you know, la da da la da da la da 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 la da da la da da la da da la da da I mean, it's, you gotta have, you gotta have, you know, sort of be like me and listen to the song, you know, seven million times in a row with the headphones on in a trance to kind of get that you know, good at the and lyrics, much less the scatting part. And man, I just fell like a rock. When I saw her do that, that was the one time I ever saw a chick do that. I mean, the first time, I should say. And I thought to myself, oh my God, she's got a vagina. She's knowledgeable about music. Down boy. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown. On Jester Radio, hanging in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by and say hi to all the folks? Oh, and here's another thing we're doing. We have a phone, uh, telephone now in the studio that we have hooked up. So you can call in and say what's on your mind live on the air. The number is 646-502-8600. Sorry. I'm sorry, Poe made me do that. 646-502-8600, 646-502-8600. You know, the truth is radio stations do have a little jingle that goes with that, so that's why we're definitely not having that. So if you don't feel like jotting that down, no problem. No problem. We're not going to put a song in your head that you're going to be pissed at us for. 646-502-8600. Simba Poe thinks I should actually use like a standard tune and just set the numbers. Anyway, maybe you have an idea how I can make people remember the number. Give us a call, 646-502-8600, and you'll be live on the air with uh, your old pal. Fidel Castro said today that he helped choose candidates for Cuba's new government, but he asserted that his brother Raul 
is finally in charge as the new president. In his first comments since his brother assumed the presidency last weekend, the elder Castro appeared to be trying to quash speculation that he would continue directing the brother <laughs> and the nation's affairs from his sickbed. In an essay published in the Communist Party newspaper Grandma, Fidel Castro describes his role in selecting the government body his brother now uh, heads as president. But he did not mention involvement in any decision-making since Raul assumed permanent power. Uh, Raul Castro has, quote, all legal and constitutional faculties and prerogatives to lead Cuba, Fidel Castro wrote. The elder brother said both he and his uh, baby brother were consulted when the parliament's nominating committee came up with the candidates for the Council of State, Cuba's supreme governing authority, elected by the new parliament, on Sunday. I love how they keep all of this like phony, you know, uh, baloney um, semblance of democracy going. That's how you know that they know it's wrong. Because they're not just, you know, they're not getting up and saying, hey, it's a fucking dictatorship. Shut the fuck up and, you know, take it. It's good for you. They're lying and saying that people are voting for them. That's not because I demanded to be consulted. It was the decision of Raul and of the principal leaders of the country to consult me, he wrote. He also said he personally chose two more key generals for inclusion on the council move, some interpreted as an attempt by Raul to pack the body with military allies. That was not the, fu uh, the fruit of Raul's supposed militaristic tendencies, Fidel wrote. Uh, on Sunday, Raul requested and received permission from lawmakers to consult with Fidel on the decisions of special transcendence for the future of our nation especially those involving defense, foreign policy, and socioeconomic development. When they start using those larger words, you know that they're aiming over the heads of the people that read the newspaper. Because when they get to trans and what's the sports? What happened in baseball? Let me see that uh, 1943 uh, Buick you were working on. They get distracted. Recasting uh, what would keep her campaign alive, Hillary Rodham Clinton's advisors said today that if rival Barack Obama loses any of Tuesday's four presidential primaries, it would show Democrats are having second thoughts about him. In an email and conference call to reporters, Clinton's campaign sought to raise the stakes for the Illinois senator in next week's primaries and also laid the groundwork to keep her campaign alive if the results are disappointing. Obama heads into Tuesday's primaries in Texas, Ohio, Rhode Island, and Vermont, riding a streak of 11 consecutive primary and caucus wins and leading the former first lady in the popular vote, the committed delegates, and fundraising. In the conference call, Senator Clinton strategist Howard Wolfson seized on those facts to reshape expectation about the Democratic contest. They're outspending us at least two to one in Ohio and Texas, Wolfson said. If they're unable to win these states, it sends a very clear signal that Democrats want this campaign to continue. Obama has every advantage going into the election. If Senator Obama is, in fact, the de facto nominee, he ought to win all four. So I think that the Clinton campaign is gambling that they'll at least win one. And as soon as they win one, they'll go, there you go. There you go. It's not a landslide for the boy. The race is still on. A jury found a man guilty of first-degree murder today in the killing of a 10-year-old girl reaching its decision within minutes the day after hearing the macabre videotaped confession. Kevin Underwood, a former grocery stalker who claimed Internet porn stoked his cannibalistic fantasies, showed no emotion. 
as the verdict was announced. Family members of the victim, Jamie Rose Bowen, patted each other and shook heads and hands. The girl's body was found in a plastic tub in Underwood's apartment in April of 2006. Jurors had heard his detailed videotape confession in court on Thursday. Judge Candace uh, Blaylock told juries to return to court uh, this morning, uh, or rather Monday morning, for the penalty phase. Prosecutors have said they intend to seek the death penalty, while the defense has said that it's going to seek to spare his life. Deputies led Underwood, uh, who's 28 years old, away in a handcuff. So at the very least, he's got a nice long time in the fucking uh, pokey. And he's a little chubby, so he's going to drop that baby weight. He made his choice. He's a monster in human form, said Rose Fox, Jamie's grandmother, after the verdict that she was originally against the death penalty, but it's now changed her mind. I was for mercy, and when I found out what he really did to her, he showed her no no mercy. Jurors began deliberating following uh, closing arguments in which Cleveland County District Attorney Greg Mashburn predicted it would take jurors longer to pick a foreman than it would to determine his guilt. It's the worst of the worst, Mashburn said. His plan is to butcher someone like an animal. In his closing argument, defense attorney Matthew Hare did not dispute Underwood's guilt, but he called him a lonely, troubled, reclusive young man and accused prosecutors of overwhelming jurors with gruesome evidence. In the confession, Underwood said he lured the girl, who was his uh, upstairs neighbor, into his apartment and Purcell hit her with a cutting board smothered her with his hands, sexually assaulted the the dead body, and then uh, cut her head off as part of his uh, cannibalism thing. I wanted to know what it tasted like, and just the thought of eating someone was appealing to me, Underwood said in the confession. Underwood also said uh, such fantasies began about the time he started taking the antidepressant Lexapro. So defense attorneys are going to call uh, witnesses uh, on his use of the drug and how that makes you um, stalk, murder, and consume small children. Very tragic story. Uh, you know, for, for a person like me who's already riddled with lots of um, um, horrible, sad, scary uh, images, uh, especially involving my own childhood... Whenever I hear a story like that, I immediately go to the, you know, the wheels start turning, the cogs start to interlock. And right away, my mind goes to the actual mechanics of it. Uh, not like from the point of view of like a movie making, but from the point of view of how it must have really been in real life. I mean, I've been in some really raw situations in my life where I've seen people you know, really look um, scary and bad and uh, murderous. And um, to a child, you know, this is just the most horrific thing. So my mind automatically goes to what this poor little kid was thinking the second that thing hit her in the head and the confusion and this fear and the... Uh, Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jest Radio. Coming up with uh, Jester Trivia in a little bit. Please don't fuck with that dial. More of the top 100 on JR. It's Pro Call Harem. We skip the light fandango, turn cartwheels, cross the floor. 
and was feeling kind of seasick, but the crowd called out for more. Please don't fuck with that dial, it gets good. Starting right now. They might just as well have been closed. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. That was Pro Call Harem, Wider Shade of Pale. It's truly inscrutable lyric. 
Dogs may have uh, have a hard time wrapping their paws around this one. Robotic competition is nipping at their heels in the uh, man's best friend department. A study by St. Louis University found that a lovable pooch named Sparky and a robotic dog, Ibo, were about equally effective at relieving the loneliness of nursing home residents and fostering attachments. The future's in robots. Remember what uh, that guy said uh, to Benjamin in uh, The Graduate? It was plastics, and he was right back in the 60s and 70s, but now it's robots. The study, which appears in the March issue of the Journal of American Medical Directors Association, builds on previous findings by the researchers that frequent dog visits decreased loneliness of nursing home residents. Andrew Eng, who leads Stanford University's team in building a home assistance robot, was not involved in the study, said the strength of the research is very encouraging. If humans can feel an emotional bond with robots, even fairly simple ones, someday they could just not just be our assistants, but also our companions. Who doesn't remember that Twilight Zone episode um, where this guy's imprisoned on a uh, remote, uh, you know, like planet, like a million, you know, light years from Earth. And once every six months, you know, he gets this like supply uh, ship comes in and he like plays chess with them. He's so excited. You know, it's like his builds his whole like week around it. And then one day this guy comes and he brings him this package and he leaves him with it. And it's a robot. And it's, it's a robot of a woman, and he falls in love with the woman, and, like, the weeks and the months go by, and they're, like, walking in the fields, and she loves... At first, you know, like, he, like, he hates her, you know? You mock me, and he's, it's very dramatic, and... But uh, he finally, he falls in love with her, and they, like, uh, you know... So then the next time the supply ship comes, the, this time they tell him he's got his parole... And the 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 ship is light, you know, heavy, and they can't take a lot. He can only take like his sketch pad and a couple of things. He's like, I got nothing. Me and you know Martha are gonna get on that ship. And he goes, who? And he goes, Martha. And he goes, no, 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 you can't take the robot. Uh, she's you know, and he's like, no, 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 she's not a robot. She's a woman. I love her. And he goes, no, 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 we got to leave the robot. And he shoots her in the face. Very sad ending. I have no doubt. Yeah, I've seen people. I see people with computers all the time. They talk to them like they're living people. It's human nature to anthropomorphize because that's how we function. We, we're so uh, uh, clan-driven. Social animal is, fifth, is the fifth instinct. To get along with those around us. To make peace. To, to work everything out. And uh, we build relationships, even with inanimate objects, to test whether residents responded better to Sparky, a trained therapy dog, or the Sony-made robot dog. Researchers divided 38 nursing home residents into three groups uh, at a trio of long-term care facilities in St. Louis. One group had weekly 30-minute one-on-one visits with Sparky. Another one had similar visits with Ibo, and the control group didn't get a dog. (laughs) There was no doggy. For the third group, the level of loneliness determined by residents' answers to several questions was tested at the beginning and near uh, the end of eight weeks of visits. Investigator Martin Banks delivered the dogs but didn't interact with the residents. He just sat there. In the end, both groups were less lonely and more attached. Most of the elderly used sparky nine-year-old reddish-brown mutt with a white muzzle and floppy ears as a confidant telling him their life story. He listened intently, wagged his tail, and allowed them to pet him. 
said Banks, who adopted the train Sparky after finding him in an alley behind her home seven years ago. Can you fucking imagine? When, is, is that what's going to become of us when we get old? We're going to tell our life story to a dogie? That can't be. I ain't doing it. Those who visited with Ibo took a little longer, about a week, to warm up to the metallic creature. Over time, they grew more comfortable with him, petted, talked to him, and he responded by wagging his tail, vocalizing, and blinking his lights. Hmm, how cuddly. Ibo is charismatic if you start to interact with him, says the study's author, Dr. William Banks, a professor of geriatric medicine at St. Louis University. He's an engaging kind of guy. The research could mean that a world is possible where robots could substitute with living dogs and help people, Banks said. They could be personal, not an intrusive, crazy, inanimate object, he said. Sarah Keisler, professor of computer science and human-computer interaction at Carnegie Mellon. Human-computer interaction. Did you know that there's a, not only a subject, but there's a, director, <laughs> there's a director at Carnegie Mellon, no less? She was, in, she was not involved with the study, but she said the results of the study are encouraging, but not completely convincing. The problem is uh, inferring uh, it was the robot that reduced the loneliness and not the human who brought him into the room. She said another study could compare a visit from Ibo with someone stopping by with a stuffed animal or a candy bar. Hmm. But the old people aren't allowed to eat candy. That's another thing about getting old. You tell your dog all your life story, and you can't fucking eat shit. You can't have coffee. You can't have candy. You can't do nothing. You can watch The Price is Right. The Saddam Hussein henchman known as Chemical Ali for gassing thousands of Kurdish civilians is due to hang within a month following the endorsement of his death sentence today by Iraq's presidential council. Even survivors were notably subdued about the news in a nation weary of violence and suffering. The agreement among Iraq's three-member presidential council, President Jackal Talibani, occurred along with the Sunni and Shiite vice presidents eliminated the last barrier before Ali Hassan al-Majid can be cacked. The presidential council spared the lives of the other two sodomades in what was seen as a possible attempt to appease the minority Sunnis the two men, Hussein Rashid Mohammed, former deputy director of operations for the Iraqi Armed Forces, uh, and former defense minister Sultan Hashim Altai, are in U.S. custody, meaning it's a secret where they are, probably in uh, uh, Gitmo. So they're going to hang the, the, the last of the bad guys in Iraq, and hopefully, you know, hopefully that'll be that. Because I tell you, man, I'm, even I'm sick of the fucking bloodshed. As far as I'm concerned, they could put all those guys in jail for life. Who cares? They're irrelevant. Nobody even fucking knows who they are. This guy's one claim to fame is that uh, he'll go down in history as uh, you know one of the the the, the cruelest um, you know generals. He he ordered the uh, gassing of hundreds of thousands of his own citizens who were uprising. Women, children, I mean, the, if you ever saw the pictures of what this stuff does uh, to people, it's just uh, ungodly. Hey, uh, speaking of ungodly, it's Friday, uh, February the 29th, which means that it's that extra special in-between day. So women, feel free to uh, ask a fella to marry you. If he, if he says no, he's got to pay you 100 bucks. It's like the Sadie Hawkins Day of Marriage. 
And I'm not making that up. I actually read that somewhere. Plus, there's other cool magical properties uh, going on today, including Jester Trivia, which is coming up in a little bit. Hanging with uh, my gal Louie and uh, S. Poe in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by and say hi? And uh, 646-502-8600 is the phone number. 646-502-8600. Why not? Dial us up and uh, get, get on the air. Sorry about the song. Please don't fuck with that dial. You may know uh, that it's also 20 years ago today that Sergeant Pepper taught his band to play. And uh, they've been going in and out of style. And they're in style tonight, so please don't fuck with that dial. You're on Just Radio.
dumb, but I can't understand why she walked like a woman and talked like a man. And what was that? What was with the stubble on her chin? The Kinks on Jester Radio, number 81. The Beatles before that. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, number 85. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown this Friday, February the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Hanging with Louie and S. Poe in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by and say hi? Give us a call, 646-502-8600. 646-502-8600. I'm not doing a song, but take my word for it. I'm actually doing a dance while I'm giving you the number. I'm like rocking out. Okay, so from about.com leap year traditions, the uh, leap year has been the traditional time that women can propose marriage in many of today's cultures. It's okay for a woman to propose marriage to a man. Society doesn't look down on such women. However, that hasn't always been the case. When the rules of courtship were stricter, women were only allowed to pop the question on one day every four years, and that was February 29th. Uh, it's believed that tradition started in the 5th century uh, in Ireland when uh, St. Bridget complained to St. Patrick about women having to wait so long for a man to propose when the saints were hanging out and chit-chatting with each other. So according to this legend, St. Patrick uh, said that the females can uh, propose on that one day. According to English law, February 29th was completely ignored. It didn't even have in uh, legal status. Folks assumed that traditions uh, um, would also have no status on that day. It was also reasoned that since the leap year uh, day existed to fix a problem in the calendar, it could also be used to fix an old and unjust custom that only let uh, men propose marriage. So in the United States, some people have referred to the day as uh, Sadie Hawkins Day, which is refers to that uh, character in the Al Cap cartoon, uh, Little Abner, uh, when there was a Sadie Hawkins race on Sadie Hawkins Day. The women chased after the men, and when the ones they caught, they could marry. They had to marry. Now, it doesn't say anything in this, um, in this story here, but the, the, the person that contacted me, now I have been... Uh, the reason I know about this is because I've been uh, received numerous of these proposals, and a couple of them have actually ref referred to the fact that if I said no, I would have to pay, uh, like candy or a hundred dollars. Hey, uh, you're listening. Uh, you're on the air with uh, the jester. Who's calling? Hey, I'm playing uh, Jester Stump the Jester. Come on, let's go, man. All right, I just need the first lines of these three songs. All right, let's have it. Golden Slumber, Sister Golden Hair, and Heart of Gold. Go! <laughs> um, I, I, want, uh, I want to live, I want to give. Isn't that the first line of Heart of Gold? Yes, it is. Um, golden Slumbers uh, fills my mind, it fills my head. Nope. Not as good on the Beatles tunes. Um, I'll give you the first word. Go ahead. Once. Oh, yeah. Once there was a way to get back homeward. Once there was a way. Sweet, pretty darling, do not cry. <laughs> Close. So, Once there was a way to get back home. Oh, okay. First homeward, then home. Oh, okay. And Sister Golden Hair. Well, I tried to make it Monday, but I got so damn depressed that I set my sights. I tried to make it Sunday. But I got so damn depressed that I set my sights on Monday and I got myself undressed. I ain't ready for the altar, but I do agree there's times that a woman sure can be a friend of mine. Very nice. 
So what's that say? I know I know my uh, my America better than I know my Beatles. Really, I'm not good on the Beatles because the because the they frankly the the lyrics are vapid. <laughs> <laughs> They're just crap, you know. So nah, I wouldn't say that. Well, and except in rare cases, you know, the mostly the lyrics are crap. They're either just that they were just used for their cadence. And this or the sound of them, but there's not a lot of like heavy, you know. I'll give you one. For no one, that my Paul favorite, uh, my favorite uh, line from John Lennon. From Rubber Soul, for no one. No one I know is in my tree. I mean, it must be high or low. Yeah, that's. I, I, I honestly don't think that that's got any kind of like that's not a Dylan. That is so quality funny. line. <laughs> yeah, that's I, you got so many people in your tree, you uh, can't relate. <laughs> Yeah, that may be it, or it may be just, you know, because he, he wrote just a vast quantity of jibber-jabber lyrics, too. Hey. But then, you know, when he went solo, he did songs like Mother, which, you know, sound like, you know, a guy just saying the heaviest thing that ever came out of anybody's mouth, so. Oh, you should play the Barbara Streisand version of that song. I, I love that. I love that version. All um, right, I'm going to hang up now. All right, Poe, thanks for calling in. 646-502-8600. Play Stomp the Jester. Uh, Name any song, and I know the lyric, unfortunately, know the lyric to thousands and thousands of songs by heart. And uh, it's a a terrible disability. Um, And and I'll tell you why it's a terrible disability. And this is what I've been talking to my shrink about a lot. And I mentioned this uh, to you the other day. Is um, all my life I've been doing this thing where it started out when I was a little kid. Uh, where, you know, a bunch of kids would get together uh, and they would say, oh, why doesn't everybody come over my house? You know, I have a TV. And I would say, why doesn't everybody come over my house? Uh, You know, I have a big TV (laughs) or whatever it was. I would always sort of hold out a promise that I could do more than the other kids can do so that I could get friends, get people to like me. And because I, I had this... In, you know, like intense, deep-rooted sense that there was absolutely nothing of value in me, and that, uh, and I saw the way you know my family worked with the you know with the the the, the materialistic stuff, and I used that as a kid with my friends. And as I grew up, I found myself, and still find myself, um, writing checks that I that my uh, you know penis can't cash whatever that phrase is um constantly saying that i'll do shit uh, just in passing and then people have this high expectation wow he can do that wow that's cool when are you going to do that oh yeah we'll get together and do that you know but i'm not really saying it because i intend to do it although i can you know i'm not lying uh but i just don't i don't follow through because it's in my mind, the second I hang up the phone with that person, they're not even thinking about me anyway. I, the only reason I said that in the moment was so they'd like me during the duration of the call. And, and this is not all a conscious process, obviously. If it were, I would choose not. To. I would just, just choose to keep my fucking mouth shut. But I hear myself, I open my mouth, and I say, yeah, I can help you out with that. I'll, uh, you know, when we get some time, we'll, we'll talk about that. And then you know, there's this level of expectation. So um, that's a fucking bad way to be, man. People don't like you when you're like that. Turns out. A White House official who served as President Bush's middleman with conservatives and Christian groups resigned today after admitting to plagiarism. 20 columns that he wrote for an Indiana newspaper 
were determined to have material copied from other sources without attribution. Timothy, uh, Timothy Goglein, who has worked for Bush since, he, since 2001, acknowledged that he did lift material from a Dartmouth College publication and presented it as his own work in a column about education for the New Sentinel in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The newspaper took a closer look at his other columns and found lots of plagiarism. The president was disappointed to learn of the matter, and he was saddened for Tim and his family. White House Press Secretary Dana Perino said in a statement, she said Gogline had accepted responsibility and had apologized for not upholding the standards expected by the president. The White House sought deal with the uh, embarrassing situation quickly. The same day the plagiarism was reported by uh, blogger Nancy Hall, former New Sentinel columnist, her behavior is not acceptable and we're disappointed in Tim's actions, said the White House spokeswoman Emily uh, Lorimore. He's offering no excuses, and he agrees he was wrong. That's the fucking way, folks. Why don't we all just take a look at this guy, whoever the hell he, he is, Timothy Gogline. He was busted at fucking doing something, you know, unethical and probably immoral, maybe. I don't know. I, I really didn't read enough about what he did. But um, certainly unethical. And when he was busted, he didn't fucking come forward and say he's been fucking a guy and he's been on pills and he's suing his tennis instructor for getting him hooked on steroids. He's not doing any of that. He said, busted. I did it. I'm fucked up. I'm sorry. It was wrong. Shouldn't have done it. That's the way, man. That's the way you do it. You know? And by the way, so history has shown the people that have the fucking kahungas to do that, to step up, uh, those are the people that go on in life. They continue to have political careers. Mark my words. Stocks fell sharply today after a series of depressing economic and corporate reports of high oil prices stoked concerns about the health of the economy. The major stock indexes fell more than 2.5%, and the Dow Jones Industrials lost 315 points. Investors were unnerved by disappointing quarterly results from American International Group and Dell and an index of regional business activity that Wall Street regards as a good indicator of a broader report set to arrive next week had its weakest showing in more than six years. Oil prices continue to stir concern about inflation after pushing past $103 per barrel for the first time today. So the, the economy continues uh, to sink further into the toilet. And uh, we'll see if those checks, you know, people are going to start getting those checks uh, in a few months, maybe a month and a half. We'll see what that does to the economy. That's supposed to cause a spurring. Uh, I'm extremely dubious about it. I know that a lot of folks I know are... Uh, barely making ends meet month to month. And that money, whatever little of it they'll see, most folks are just going to see a few hundred bucks. Um, that money's just going to go right to paying the emergency bills, turn the shit back on, turn the electricity and the phone back on. You'd be amazed to know how many people live without services uh, because they simply don't can't pay the fucking bills, even on an emergency basis in America. Hey, why not, uh, you got something to say about it? Why not stop by the Jester Radio chat room and throw your two shekels into the thick of the fray? Also, another way to uh, be heard, quite literally, is to Skype in. Jester Radio is our Skype name. Give us a call, 
8600, and we'll put you live on the air. Uh, it's uh, David Bowie on JR. I still don't know what I was waiting for. My time was running wild a million dead-end streets. And every time I thought I'd had it made, it seemed the taste was not so sweet. It's uh, DB on JR. Don't fuck with that dial. Still don't know what I was waiting for And my time was running wild A million dead-end streets And every time I thought I got it made It seemed the taste was not so sweet So I turned myself to face me But I've never caught a glimpse How the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test. Change it and face the strain. Change it. Don't wanna be a richer man. Change it and face the strain. Change it. It's gonna have to be a different man. Now may change me. Sides, but never leave the stream of warm permanence and so the days float through my eyes but still the days seem the same and these children that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations they're quite aware of what they're going through
Hendrix on Just Radio. Hey, Joe. Number 47, number 64 before that, David Bowie. I watched the ripples change their size, but never leave the stream of warm impermanence. Warm impermanence. And so the days float through my eyes, but still the days seem the same. And these children that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through. Changes. The uh, incredible David Bowie on Jester Radio this Friday, February the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2008, hanging in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by at JesterRadio.com? Bob, the engineer, has asked me to remind you to enjoy Jester Radio 24-7. That's right, Jester Radio is on the air around the clock with the finest in classic rock, folk, and comedy on the net. Hell, maybe in the whole world or even the universe. Hey, you're live on the air with the Jester. Who's calling? Hey, Jester. It's Louie. Hey, Lulu. How you doing, baby? <laughs> you still taking requests? Are you, are you called to ask me to marry you? Well, I don't think you would. You know, I don't go in for that marriage stuff. I know, so asking you to marry me would be like a sure way to make some money on Well, me. in any case, you don't qualify, dear. So you have to be now, single. You, you have to be single. You can't be married to a reverend. And well, what happens if you end up not married? Then, yes, you go back on the list. And you're, then you go back on the list. Yes. And I still get to make money off of you because you don't believe in marriage. Yeah, I also, uh, coincidentally, don't believe in the Sadie Hawkins tradition either. So I'm just reporting on the news. I'm not saying that I, I'm going to uphold the tradition myself. Well, you're not really good on traditions, are you? I love traditions. That one, I'm not, I'm not going with that one. Sorry. Oh, what happened to your tradition of dancing on the 11th? That's the problem, is that nobody reminds me. I've just set a timer. So I have a studio full of people here, and you know what they're all doing? They're all smoking a joint in the back room. So <laughs> you would think somebody would come out and tell me, hey, Jess, a couple of minutes it's going to be the dancing thing, but no. So now I have a timer set, and we're going to thank you for reminding me. Did you dance uh, at 11-11? I sure did. You did? And did I you, sure did. Did you like, hum, a, a hum a tune to yourself? What was the I tune? I just danced around to the music in my head. Oh, really? What was the song in your head? Oh, just a little tune. Sing it for us, please. No. Let's have it. for you at all. Louie. Not at all. Sing I it. I to do a, a request. Luann, sing the song. Yes. Let's hear it. No. ba da ba da da Beat that. <laughs> ba da ba ba do beat them. Come on, let's go. You'll have me singing the chicken dance. I love that song. I love that song. I love that song. You know what I love about that? I've done that at like 714 bar mitzvahs and like and like weddings and I don't know, whatever they do, or funerals, whatever how they have that. And I could still I have no idea the order that you're supposed to do all those things in. They, first you, you flap your wings and then you tap your head. I don't even know what they are. I, I look around. Even when I'm doing it, I still can't. What is it? It's easy. Yeah. Well, there you go. 
That's the frightening it's thing. It's as easy as remembering to dance on the 11th. That's oh, well. Well, thanks for thank you very much, Louie, and I appreciate you calling in. And hey, remo- I have a request. Let's do have, I have a it. Request? Yeah, what do you want? I want to hear Bobby McGee. Bobby. <laughs> All right. We're going to play Bobby McGee now. Obviously, you tuned in a little late, when I, and I know you get the podcast, so that's okay. But we actually did, me and Bobby McGee, at the start, at the start of the um, uh, show. But you just keep... It's a good song. Do it again. It's a good song, and I'm going to do a special thing just for you. So Aww, you thanks. stay right where you are. Thank you so much for calling in, Louie. Okay. Bye, Jess. Bye. That was uh, Lulu on Just Radio. And she requested uh, that she hear me and Bobby McGee. And I know that she teaches late on Friday night or does something. Uh, so she always gets in a little late. But we're going to do a special treat um, for um, Louie. And uh, as you know, um, the song uh, Me and Bobby McGee was written by Janis Joplin's living boyfriend, of course, um, who was Chris Christopherson. And uh, he had a big uh, influence on her career, naturally, and um, including basically, you know, g- giving her that song, because while he did a, a, a just a stunning uh, version of the song, it just uh, can't even compare to what she did. Um, it, the, the the song is really more of a cultural icon, really, than just a song. Who hasn't heard it? You know, just thousands and thousands of times. Sheriff's uh, de- Detectives in Franklin County, by the way, you're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Friday, February the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2017. Sheriff's Detective in Franklin County said that a man had his friend shoot him in the shoulder so he wouldn't have to go to work. What about <laughs> what the hell ever happened to faking a cough? <coughs> Hello, boss. When he first spoke with deputies, Daniel Cooch of Pasco told them he'd been the victim of a drive-by shooting. While he was out jogging on Thursday, but detectives told Kona Radio that Koch later, later acknowledged that he asked his friend to shoot him so that he can get some time off of work and avoid an upcoming drug test. The friend, Curtis Johnson of Burbank, had, has been arrested uh, for investigation of reckless endangerment. Koch uh, was booked into the county jail and expected to be charged with false reporting. Detectives declined to say where this guy Kutch works or where, whether he still has a job. It wasn't even known uh, if he's got a lawyer yet. The uh, This is an interesting um, little item that I um, saw today in, in the Reuters feed. Um, you know, we just sort of uh, have gotten to the point where we're so sick of, uh, of hearing the bad news uh, about the economy, that um, these stories are really not even on the front page, but it turns out the motorists may, fa- may face gasoline prices as high as $4 a gallon this summer as crude oil costs smash records, painting a bleak picture for consumers already feeling the pinch of an economic slowdown. Turns out maybe that uh, that that whole three hundred bucks that people get is just going to go into a couple of tanks of gas. Crude oil, the main feedstock refiners used to make fuel, hit an all-time peak over one hundred and two dollars a barrel yesterday, nearly doubling prices from a year ago, and a surge in speculative investment. Doubling 
American consumers know these oil prices are an unpleasant omen of events likely to occur at the nation's gas pumps over the next few months, said Jeff Sundstrom, spokesman for the travel and auto group AAA. If current oil prices hold, and by the way, we don't see a lot of oil prices drop, just uh, so you know. American drivers should expect to pay new record high prices for gas, which could easily reach three and a half bucks per gallon or more. In some region, uh, some regions of uh, regions of the country, the average price is going to get to uh, four bucks. He said, "Surging energy costs have stiffened the headwinds of the U.S. economy, which is already slowing in the fallout of a housing slump and credit crisis. High gas prices are stoking fears that the economy will continue." Uh, to get worse. I have, I honestly have absolutely no doubt that things are going to get worse. Um, some people that I talk to say things are going to get really bad, much worse than anybody can imagine. Uh, the dollar kept spiraling today, hitting another low against the euro dropping to a three-year record against the yen, worries about the U.S. economy depress the currency and raise thorny issues in Europe about how to cope with the growing gap. The euro flew past its previous high to 1.52 before subsiding to 1.52. Late in New York, the euro topped a buck and a half this week for the first time since being introduced in 1997, uh, 1999, I should say, at a buck 17. Then it surged above 151. The markets took... Con- Comments from Fred, Chairman uh, Blue uh, Ben Bernanke, as a sign that yet more U.S. rate cuts are on the way. The dollar looks set to finish this month with yet more downside pressure being heaped upon it. According to Gary Thompson of CMC Markets in London, the dollar also slumped to 103.96 Japanese yen on Friday before 105.36 yen in New York the night before. I remember when I was a kid, the first time I traveled to Japan was in 1970. And you can get 360 yen for a buck. Now you can barely get 100 yen for a buck. It's just, um, you know, uh, we talk about it and we, you know, bitch about it and then everybody goes back to their lives. But the truth is, this is the shit because this is really... um, going to make you know your quality of life for the very first time uh, in, in the history of this country, uh, this generation will have it worse than their parents will have it. And uh, it's just, um, you know, it's going to make for a very poor quality of life for some many years to come. And my advice to you is to get yourself a leader who understands a thing or two about the economy because that's going to be the next big thing. A supervisor in a motivational coaching business in Provo, Utah, is accused of waterboarding an employee in front of his sales team to demonstrate that they should work as hard on sales as that employee had worked to breathe. In a lawsuit filed last month, former Prosper Incorporated salesman Chad Hutchins alleges that his managers uh, also allowed the supervisor to draw mustaches on employees' faces, take away their chairs, beat on their desks, with a wooden paddle because it resulted in increased revenues for the company. Prosper President David Ellis responded, the allegations amounted to sensationalized versions of events that had gone uncorroborated by Hutchins' former co-workers. They just roll their eyes and say, this is ridiculous, this is 
not how it went down, Ellis said. The suit claims that Hutchins team leader Joshua Christopherson asked for volunteers in May for a new motiva- uh, motivational exercise, which he didn't uh, describe. Hutchins, who was 26 years old at the time, volunteered in order to prove his loyalty and determination, according to the lawsuit. By the way, uh, proof once again that nobody should ever volunteer for anything, ever. Uh, Christopherson led the sales team to the top of a hill near the office and told uh, Hutchins to lie down with his head downhill. Uh, Christopherson then told the rest of the team to hold Hutchins by the arms and legs, and he poured water from a gallon jug over Hutchins' mouth and nostrils like the interrogation strategy known as waterboarding and told the team members to hold Hutchins down as he struggled. At the conclusion of the abusive demonstration, Christopherson told the team that he wanted them to work as hard on making sales as Chad had worked to breathe (laughs) while he was being waterboarded. That's what they're alleging in the lawsuit. We're going to keep our eye on this story. We got this one uh, uh, marked because I have absolutely no doubt that every fucking word of that is true. I know that some companies let people get away with the stupidest, sickest shit uh, under the guise of uh, motivating and proof once again that everybody thinks that they're fucking Sigmund Freud and knows uh, the best way to motivate people. Most of these people, by the way, that are the recipients, or as I call them, victims of this motivational crap all or this co- corporate motivation crap, um, end up uh, you know, being um, scarred for life. You know, most people are not used to being yelled at or you know, ha- having people get in their face or being regularly embarrassed or... And, you know, I hear what you're saying. Anybody can quit. They're big people. They're adults. That's their choice. Um, But it's a lot more complicated than that. There's a lot of ego and and, and people who are not used to that type of confrontation, um, you know, uh, may become stunned and really not know what the, the next move should be. You know, you hear these stories about adults, you know, falling victims to... Um, you know, cults and all kinds of con men, you know. The truth is we're, we're designed to believe each other. That's how we work. So this is another story um, I picked up off of uh, Reuters, one of these uh, reports. It's Reports Week on Jester Radio. We're getting all these interesting scientific reports in this week. Um, and this one's interesting. Uh, many years ago I read an interesting statistic that uh, until the invention of electricity, up until the invention of electricity, uh, the uh, um, or the commercialization of it in the United States, uh, the average American got 10 hours of sleep a night. And not sure what that statistic was based on, but it was just a fascinating experience. Then the light bulb and people could read or hang out and talk and drink and, you know, smoke... Uh, or cook and eat, you know, and then there was uh, radio and then TV, and and now nobody gets enough sleep. With late-night TV watching, internet surfing, and other distractions, Americans are getting less and less sleep, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention today. All this sleeplessness can be a nightmare for your mental and physical health, CDC experts cautioned, calling sleep loss an under-recognized public health problem. 
why, you know, why isn't it just a health problem? Why does it have to be a public health problem? There's like that they always like sneak in that weird like Christian, you know, it's not just for you, it's everybody. Don't think about yourself. Sleep, sleep experts say chronic sleep loss is associated with obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, stroke, cardiovascular disease, depression, cigarette smoking, and excessive drinking. So people that don't get enough sleep are have a higher tendency to smoke, drink, and have strokes. The CDC surveyed 19,589 adults in four states. 10% reported they did not get enough sleep or rest every single day of the prior month. 38% said that they didn't get enough uh, in seven or more days in the prior month. The CDC survey was conducted in New York, Hawaii, Delaware, and Rhode Island, asking people how many days in the prior month they got an insufficient rest or sleep without asking specifically how many hours. Uh, but the CDC released nationwide data collected separately showing that across all age groups, the percentage of adults reporting sleeping six hours or fewer a night increased from 85 to 2006. The National Sleep Foundation recommends adults get seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Seven to nine. Who do you know gets seven to nine hours of sleep a night? Children aged five to 12 should get nine to 11 and those 11 to 17 need eight and a half to nine and a half. At night, we're doing everything except for sleeping. We're on the internet. We may be watching TV. With these new lifestyles, we have taken, uh, kind of taken sleep for granted as something we can do. When we have time, we can catch up on the weekends. Uh, CDC behavioral scientist Leela uh, McKnight who led the study, said in a telephone interview, we don't realize that sleep is a vital part of overall health and that chronic sleep loss is related to both physical and mental health issues. And she added, it's getting worse. So not sleeping enough is going to make you fucking sick. It's going to make you smoke butts. It's going to make you uh, drink alcohol, and it's going to give you strokes. I don't know what else I can tell you. Stop it with this. Get the bed already. What are you doing up? Hey, by the way, uh, while you are up, it's Friday, February the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2008, and this one's for Lulu. If it sounds country, man, that's what it is. It's a country song. Yeah, okay. Where one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Busted flat and Baton Rouge and heading for the trains. Feeling nearly faded as my jeans Bobby thumbed a diesel down Just before it rained Took us all away to New Orleans I took my harpoon out of my dirty red bandana was blowing sad while Bobby sang the blues With them windshield wipers slapping time And Bobby clapping hands We finally sang a the song that driver knew Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose Nothing ain't worth nothing, but it's free Feeling good 
was easy loving Bobby sang the blues Feeling good was good enough for me Good enough for me and Bobby McGee From the coal mines of Kentucky to the California sun Bobby shared the secrets of my soul Standing right beside me, Lord, to everything I'd done Every night she kept me from the cold Then somewhere near Salinas, Lord, I let her slip away Looking for the home I hope she'll find And I trade all my tomorrows for a single yesterday Holding Bobby's body next to mine Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose Nothing left is all she left for me Feeling good was easy, Lord, when Bobby sang the blues But if that was good enough for me Good enough for me and Bobby McGee
Oh, man. Jefferson Airplane on Just Radio. An absolute triumph. White Rabbit, a exquisite, exquisite tour de force of uh, double entendre, uh, mixing uh, traditional literature with uh, drug culture and just uh, doing an amazing uh, job. You know, we're almost jaded now. We've heard that song so many times, but... Um, um, you know, listen to the way it builds up uh, from a sort of uh, very faint, uh, you know, percussion, you know, the the uh, snare drum. It has a sort of this regimented military feel, and it just sort of goes into like a frenzy. And those, uh, those great slick vocals, my God, my God, my God. Absolute classic, gets better uh, every day. Chris Christopherson started that set. With me and Bobby McGee goes out to uh, Louie in uh, West Texas. It's, uh, of course, uh, Chris Christopherson is the guy that wrote that song, and that's the original. Seems some people might hear that and say, wow, that's like a weak-ass weak uh, cover of <laughs> the classic uh, Janice tune, but that was a, you know, a country tune. Um, and, of course, Janice... Uh, shacked up with uh, Chris for a while there and that's uh, one of the the uh, parting gifts was that song and you can sort of hear if you listen to them one after the other you could sort of hear this kind of very countrified um, you know folky um, structure and Janice like must have listened to it like once and said okay honey I got it you know and then goes into the studio and does this sort of almost send up especially of the um end but you know she actually trashes the lyrics a lot during the song and it just it doesn't even matter she's not even really singing for the words as much as she is so you can hear that fucking voice she could say blah bitty blah really and uh it's just that voice that voice that voice janice on just radio uh that was um uh, Jefferson Airplane was number 26. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on JR. We've been playing uh, songs, uh, selections from the top 100 requested uh, radio tunes of all time this evening. And it's time now for Jester Radio Trivia. It's time now, right? It's time now for Jester Radio Trivia. So be the first one to get the correct answer into trivia at jesterradio.com. Keep in mind there are two R's in that email address, trivia at jesterradio.com. And something uh, very cool will actually um, get you out a, um, a lovely item of JR swag, which I think today is um, stickers. Nevertheless, um, be the first one to get the correct answer to just, uh, trivia at jesterradio.com. And so, do we have the um, thing? Here we go. Um, all right. Yeah, so the trivia question for the evening is, what um, song was playing in the barroom scene uh, during The Exorcist when, uh, you know, the mother uh, met with the priest? There was a song playing on the jukebox in the back room. Uh, be the first one to get the correct answer. Trivia at JesterRadio.com and something very cool uh, is going to happen to you. 
The robber of a convenience store uh, left behind an unusual clue, his W-2 form. <laughs> uh, the uh, man robbed a get-and-go store in Des Moines, uh, Iowa, early Friday after telling a clerk he had a gun. He left the store with about 115 bucks, but at some point uh, took off his hat and his jacket. You know, a lot of times you go in for a robbery, you want to get comfortable. Uh, when police responded, they found the tax form in the coat pocket. Officers checked the name on the form and found a listing for the 25-year-old man in the phone book uh, and with a suspended driver's license who's on probation for theft. The man's description matched information provided by the clerk. People are still looking for the guy, by the way. They haven't found him. Uh, birthday candles may be in short supply in Middletown where two unrelated women. Middletown, Ohio, man, you might want to look into property in this um, town because there's two separate women today who turned 104. Uh, th- one today, one three days ago. Marjorie Hunt celebrated her big birthday on Monday in the southwest Ohio city of the retirement community where she lives at another retirement community, Hazel Carter marked her 140th birthday yesterday. Carter once taught in a one-room schoolhouse, served in the Army during World War II, and worked as an executive secretary for more than 40 years before retiring uh, way back when she was 65. Way back. That was like a third of her life ago. Hunt is a reverse snowbird. She's lived in Florida for 30 years uh, before coming back to Ohio. Reverse snowbird. The snowbirds are the ones, apparently, that go to Florida. I know. I've heard that term because my parents are snowbirds. But now they're returning snowbirds, the story is. Because they're looking to uh, move back up to New York City. And my father just turned 87, and my mother just turned 80 a couple of days ago. So... They're thinking about moving. Man, I'm 48 years old. I'm thinking, I'm just hoping that this, you know, my housing doesn't crumble around me because I ain't going nowhere. I can't think of anything I hate more than moving other than maybe being here, but maybe. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Just Radio. We did miss the Dancing on the 11, 11 thing, but we're going to get to it tomorrow. Thanks uh, again uh, for Louie for calling in and reminding us. Thanks also to Ask Poe. Feel free to call in and challenge the jester anytime, 646-502-8600. Also, Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that you can download the uh, Ravings of a Clown, simply search Ravings of a Clown or something like that in iTunes. And uh, or you can go to jesterradio.com and click on podcast, and you could take uh, the show with you. A lot of people are doing that now, and you can listen to Jester Radio like on the while you're walking the dog in the morning. Um, also, Bob has asked me to remind you that uh, Jester Radio is on twenty four seven. When the show is over, don't turn off. Uh, just radio, let it go, let it go in the background, let it go all day long. In fact, the more you leave it on, the better it is for you and the better it is for us. Even if you turn the sound down, it's good for us, keeps our ratings way up there. And uh, speaking of which, please stop by the Just Radio uh, website, click on that donate button, show us how you feel. 
uh, keep us on the air and doing that thing. We've been doing it for uh, coming up on nine years now. And we're excited about that uh, anniversary coming up. One of the oldest and longest uh, running uh, internet radio uh, stations uh, bringing you the, the, just the absolute uh, greatest mix of classic rock, folk, and comedy from my personal collection of over 60,000 uh, individual cuts. How do you like that? I have 2,000 vinyl albums, uh, 1,300 CDs, uh, maybe 600 singles, vinyl singles. I'm filthy with music. I started collecting when I was about uh, nine years old. My first single was um, Take Good Care of My Baby by Bobby V. Because I wasn't... I had completely misunderstood the meaning of the fucking song. I thought my baby was about a baby. I had no idea it was like there was any sex or anything involved or romance. It just completely... It, it's my catcher in the rye. Uh, please don't fuck with that dial. It's uh, the Moody Blues on Jester Radio with another one of the top 100 requested radio songs of all time. in white satin never reaching the end letters I've written never meaning to send beauty I'd always missed with these eyes before just what the I can't say anymore Cause I love you Tell me thoughts they cannot defend. Just what you want to be, you will be in the end. And I love you.
Breathe deep the gathering gloom. Watch lights fade from every room. Bedsitter people look back and lament. Another day's useless energy spent. Impassioned lovers wrestle as one. Lonely man cries for love and has none. New mother picks up and suckles her son. Senior citizens wish they were young. Cold-hearted orb that rules the night. Removes the colors from our sight. Red is gray and yellow-white. But we decide which is right. And which is an illusion. Many a day when I listened to the end of that gong, that was like practically my favorite part. Even now, shh. I was even listening now. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. The uh, Moody Blues, the seminal uh, Nights in White Satin, ranked number 21 of the all-time top 100 songs requested on radio. Uh, so much uh, debate uh, among my friends and I when I was a kid. 1972. Um, and I was 13 years old, just now uh, coming into my own on, on, you know, digging lyrics and, you know, Dylan and all that. And I remember discussing um, the phrasing, even, of that um, poem at the end, um, you know, um, and, w you know, where he says, not which is an illusion, but which is an illusion. Just the pronuncia pronunciation of that phrase. But who decides uh, which is true and which is an illusion? Notice he didn't say which is an illusion. You see the difference there? Because if he said which is an illusion, he'd be saying which is the illusion. But, he's, but instead he's saying which is the, an illusion. See what I'm saying? <laughs> this was... This was a lot. This took a, This was a, a short conversation compared to how it really went. So a uh, lot of uh, mysterious uh, and perhaps inscrutable lyrics in that one. Uh, but Moody Blues was um, famous for doing that. They were you weren't quite sure if they were political or if they were social or if they were personal. It's kind of all on the uh, edge of all that. And for a blue, what we think of as a kind of heavy-handed minor key uh, ballad band, um, they really played a lot of fast rock tunes that had, you know, killer solos. So they were, you know, one of the, you know, rocking out uh, bands out there. Uh, you're listening to The Ravings of a Clown, this uh, Friday, February the 29th, and so ends the um, uh, four-annual, quattro-annual um, 
tradition of uh, squeezing in that uh, bizarre, cool extra day into our year. I hope you enjoyed it along with me. And all day I kind of felt uh, like it was special. Maybe it was that the moon was following me. Or uh, maybe there was uh, all of that uh, wonderful romance in the air because of all the women uh, who were um, proposing marriage to me on account of that uh, tradition that uh, women get to ask the guy uh, to get married. I didn't even know about it. I don't, I don't know where I was four years ago that no women asked me to marry them then. Uh, let's see. Trivia. Did uh, anybody get the trivia, Bobby? No? Well, let's take a look. Apparently we have some uh, we have some submissions that uh, Bob has been apparently just uh, smoking dope all evening. So, no, that one's for my cousin, Bob. What else you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's a penis enlargement. Just put that, just put that aside. Put that in an important folder. What else you got? The song, the, the question was, what was the song playing in the background in the barroom scene of The Exorcist? The uh, 1972 classic uh, horror movie starring uh, Linda Blair and um, I forget, Helen, uh, Helen Burstyn as the mother and uh, Carl Malden or somebody as the... Who, who played the cop, Poe? That was Lee J. Cobb. Lee J. Cobb, man. He was so great. He was so great in that fucking movie. So, uh, what'd you what'd you call in to to say? Did you did you get the trivia? Lord, I was born a rambling man. Is that Lord, what is that what you think Lord, it is? Lord, I was born a rambling man. Why are you singing? <laughs> you singing it like that? Is that the Dylan version? Bob Dylan. It was uh, it was Bob Dylan doing Ramblin' Man? Mm, I don't think I can sing like an Allman Brothers. Oh, okay. So, yes, it was the Allman Brothers, of course, uh, doing um, the, uh, the Ramblin' Man. It was just a, a small portion of the song, but uh, they uh, apparently, you know, got a huge... What the hell was that? My fireplace caught on fire. Oh my gosh! But they got uh, like a huge uh, benefit from it, you know, the popularity. Well, thanks for calling in, Poe. I just want to tell you, I was the first person in America to to do what? The day that it came out. Oh really? All my four other fellow students were learning all about. Geometry. Wow, that's interesting. Well, and I brought back the monster mash. You did what? I brought back the monster mash. Yes, I know. Everybody's aware of that, of course. If anybody's not aware, left on the planet Earth, Poe, as Poe was single-handedly responsible for uh, getting uh, the uh, Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crib Kicker 5 uh, hit Monster Mash back on the charts. Back just in, being played around the Halloween time. Just, uh, right, or, or being fashionable after falling out of fashion on the radio, apparently, for several years. No, ne never falling out of fashion. 
just took a year to get back on the air. Excuse me? Not that it fell out of fashion. It's just that I reminded the DJs that uh, maybe they should play this tune because Halloween's coming up. I see. That was me. That was you. Well, congratulations in case anybody's forgotten about that contribution. Thanks a million for calling in. That's correct. And uh, Poe is going to get a uh, special uh, bag of uh, Jester Radio swag. Uh, as a result, it's going to contain stickers, attractive stickers to advertise uh, to uh, all the people around your neighborhood to tune into uh, Jester Radio or to decorate your, your notebook. We've been uh, dedicating our show this evening to the top 100 radio-requested songs of all time. Of course, we haven't played them all, but we've uh, selected from them. So uh, we'll leave you with this one uh, final classic. Thanks so very much for stopping by. Uh, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Uh, don't ever make assumptions. And always, always do your best. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. That's my solemn oath to you. Until that time, Houston, good night. See you tomorrow.
Yeah.